think people are kind of overrating AJ Brown for some reason. Apparently now he's like one of the top 10 receivers. I mean, he's okay. Like he's a thousand yard guy, but I just don't see the difference between him and like Calvin Ridley, like Calvin Ridley puts up number one receiver numbers, but no one views him as a number one receiver. Yo, 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 this is Textual Chocolate with the KTSC Avenue, episode 56, coming live and direct like direct effects, you know, my uh, my OMO. Uh, here I have the usual suspects, but we ain't talking about a Rick Ross song. We have the lovely, beautiful, intelligent, elegant, and our breath smell like peppermint. And we also have the returning Mr. Demon Time himself. Underscore underscore Marcus Sniffles at Twitter. Free my dog for life. They tried to get us out the paint again. Somehow we were hacked. I don't know what's going on with that. Two of my burner accounts have now been shut down. But you know, hey, it, it happens to the best of us that can't keep a real nigga down. Anyway, how y'all doing tonight? No, just out here, black, excessively black. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, Twitter has been trying to keep me out of the paint for a very long time, but it looks like I'm back and I'm back for good. So, nah, them niggas keeping a, a, a close watch. They <laughs> one time tweeting you out. <laughs> All I do is tweet Bible verses and Beyonce lyrics. That's it. So, All right, God, <laughs> So, of course, South Breeze is out on a leave of absence. Uh, El Chapa is also at, at Pound Town, so shout out to both of them. You know, you guys, I don't know how they were able to miss this, but you know that we're very affiliated with uh, DBNR, Dirty Bird Nation Report. Uh, starting topic is going to be, there was a huge trade that shattered the, the, the landscape of the NFL. Um, the Titans traded a second and potentially a fourth or fifth for one of the greatest receivers of all time, 32-year-old, uh, what's that nigga name? Wontavius, Quintarvius, but you guys Quintarius. know him. Quintarius <laughs> Jones, a.k.a. the Julio, number 11, greatest Falcon receiver of all time. What are you guys' initial reaction on that trade? Uh, honestly, I thought the uh... – I thought the Falcons would have got a little bit more uh, as a uh, Colts fan. Having to see Julio Jones in the division twice is doesn't doesn't feel great, but it it would feel a lot worse if I believed in like the Titans as a unit, like completely. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. But I just I would have rather seen Julio go to the uh, the Chargers with uh, Justin Herbert out there, but. Tennessee it is. Yeah, I mean, he wanted out. So the only thing you can do for somebody who wanna who want out is to get him out. So with the, I mean, the whole like I want to play for a QB with a strong arm, and then you know, who is it? Ryan Tannehill is out here out in Tennessee, or so I mean, you didn't get that part of it. It would have been great if the Falcons could have got a bigger return on their investment, but you gotta do what you gotta do when the guy is emphatically wanting out of an organization so yeah i mean he did say he wanted to play for a winner so in context like compared to atlanta tennessee is closer to winning 
than Atlanta is. Like Atlanta plays in the division with the uh, the Super Bowl champions who just brought everybody back. And uh, the AFC South hasn't been great lately, you know? So he's in the, uh, I believe the Titans have won the division two years in a row now. So, I mean, if you have to look at it, the Titans are closer to winning than the Falcons are. So he did get that part right. I think the whole, like, well, I don't want to talk too much about the Falcons. Like, I, I, I feel like the Titans have really good skill players. I think people are kind of overrating A.J. Brown for some reason. Apparently now he's, like, one of the top ten receivers. I mean, he's okay. Like, he's a thousand-yard guy. But I just don't see the difference between him and, like, Calvin Ridley. Like, Calvin Ridley puts up number one receiver numbers, but no one views him as a number one receiver. And with Julio Jones, obviously on his on the other side, he he's gonna have a little bit more better matchups. But I mean, as a Colts fan, I I don't know. I just don't think Derrick Henry is gonna continue to do what he's been doing. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is gonna be able to do what he's been doing. And those two have only been playing well with Arthur Smith calling plays, and Arthur Smith isn't there anymore. So, I mean, if it's if anything's gonna implode, it, it would be the Titans. Good luck to him, but, you know, that's all I got for Julio. Good luck. Um, I just got a Julio Jones T-shirt for Christmas, so now that doesn't mean anything. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Good luck. <laughs> you know what? How I feel about the situation um, with uh, A.J. Brown, I don't know. I mean, he, he put up back-to-back 1,000-yard years on a run-first team. That's pretty decent. Um Athletically, he has a nice skill set. I would still take him slightly over Calvin Ridley, but I don't know if I would take Tannehill's accuracy over Matt Ryan's accuracy. I do think he has a slightly stronger arm, but I don't think he – and he's definitely way more athletic being a former college receiver. Uh, For me, being a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I predicted the Tennessee Titans to win the division anyway, so this does nothing to move the needle – um, it probably moves them from being the fifth best team in the AFC to maybe the third best team. I still don't think that they're better than um, the Bills. But then I kind of believe the Bills, I, I don't know. It just I can't still believe in them yet. But the Bills and the Chiefs are still far and far better. Uh, for Julio, I mean, I would have tried to go to a team that definitely had Super Bowl aspirations, but I guess you can't control it. Uh, you know, as far as the Falcons are concerned, I kind of expected this type of compensation, maybe one additional pick. You know, I may have done like a, a two or four and a six, like spread out over two drafts or something like that. I mean, but with his age and injury history, and I actually was talking to South Breeze on this uh, on the phone earlier, and I was kind of saying, I mean, if you hold on to him for another year and he gets injured again, that second's going to turn into a third or a fourth on that bloated contract. So it's kind of good sometimes to trust the process, get rid of these guys when it's time to get rid of them. Like I remember uh, me, South Breeze, and yourself, uh, Marcus, we were at that free Roddy White game, weren't we? Weren't you at that game with us? I was at that game. And everybody was going, wow, free Roddy White, free Roddy White. And he didn't do shit. 
No, and they they, for- were, they were mad when they let him go, but they let him go at the right time. Like it, they forced that man. They forced so many passes to that guy in that first the first drive. They threw it to him like five times, and then after that, they never threw it to him again. I was like, "What is going on here? This is insane. yeah." It was a weird game, very weird game. Free Roddy White, but you know, you let these guys, you let these people go at the right time. And I feel like at the end of the day, as, as long as they're able to – receivers from what I'm starting to see, you can actually find a very good Pro Bowl-level receiver in the second round. Um, you have your A.J. Brown was a second-round guy. Um, D.K. Metcalf was a second-round guy. Allen Robinson was a second-round guy. Like, uh, for some reason, nowadays, you can find a stud. Even um, Justin Jefferson, he damn near was a second-round guy. Like, he was picked so, first, so late in the first – so they'll get a guy in there that can replace Julio uh, from a production standpoint. You guys use the number four overall pick uh, to get, I don't know why I want to say Kyler Murray, Kyle Pitts, who's going to be a matchup nightmare. It's it's just going to be, to me, I would go ahead and get ready to blow it up, start over new. Um, but for more details on that, you guys can definitely check out uh, the Dirty Bird Nation report. I think they'll be filming tomorrow on this, and definitely their um, podcast will drop a very in-depth and very crazy uh, podcast, probably a lot of cussing and swearing and jersey burning and people peeing on stuff. Oh. You know how them niggas roll. They're crazy. Nice. Um, the one nigga looks like Mar- Marquez Trufant, you know, and, and – you got Jalen, who should have been an offensive tackle for the Falcons. You got, you know, the the girl that talks a lot of shit. I'm not going to mention her name, but definitely check them niggas out. Them the homies, you know what I'm saying, always. Anyway, so let's get into the things that we do over here, keeping that same energy like we do. So there was one of the guys at TD, TDE had dropped a list of Rushmore's by era. And within the group chat, things tended to get a little spicy. I mean, you have people that felt certain ways about certain people that are on this. I think my only issue was like the Rushmore changed every four years. And I just felt like that was kind of weird. So briefly, I'm going to run down what they kind of had. So it's the Mount Rushmore by era. So from 86 to 90. It was Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Karis, Wanella, Kuj, 90 to 94, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Chuck D, Scarface, uh, 94 to 98, Tupac, Jay-Z, Nas, Notorious Big, 98 to 02, Eminem, DMX, Nelly, Ja Rule. Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> what, what era? Sorry, what era was that? That was uh, 98 to 02. That, that sounds about right. He was doing his thing. 02 to 06, we got Kanye, 50, Lil Wayne, The Game. I don't know why Lil Wayne was on there, but the mixtapes were good. Next week, we're going to dive into this Lil Wayne stuff. I'm not going to go all hard on him. Okay. I don't know why Game made it. He had one great album, but whatever. 06 to 3, you got T.I., Jeezy, Ludacris, Rick Ross. 10 to 14, you got Drake, Kendrick, uh, Nikki, J. Cole. 14 to 18, Future, Young Thug, Chance, the Rapper. That nigga hasn't been good since Add to Rap, if we're being honest. <laughs> he he dominated a four-year stretch at any point? Okay. He, whenever Acid Rap came out, was his chance. He hasn't done anything good since Acid Rap. 
and also within there we do have Travis Scott, and from that, from eighteen to present we got Cardi B, Lil Baby, Da Baby, and Roddy Rich. So just what are you guys' thoughts on on this uh, Mount Rushmore? Like um, the list that was put up by TDE Punch. Um, we'll start with our resident music ex expert, uh, Marcus, on this. What, what are your thoughts on this? Me and you uh, got into a really spicy debate. I and we've been going back and forth, but go ahead. I don't think I don't. I don't think it was about this. But my main concern was like how long these errors are, or not how long they are. Actually, how short they are. Like you're not going to tell me that Kanye's era was from '02 to '06. Mm -hmm. College college dropout didn't drop till 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. So how is that? How does that work? I don't understand how the errors are only for four years. Like Drake's error, Drake, Kendrick, and Nicki Minaj, and J. Cole, their errors are not only four. Like that error is not over. Drake's error is not over. Kendrick's error. Well, Kendrick's been out of the game for about four years. So I guess if you want to, you know, take him out of that, that's fine. But you're not going to tell me that like Jeezy and Rick Ross only had a four year run and they were out of here. You're not going to tell me Lil Wayne only had a four-year run and he was gone and we just moved on to someone else. Like people's errors lasted a lot longer than four years. Jay-Z's error was definitely longer than four years. Like if you go from like uh blueprint, blueprint two, black album, blueprint three, like whatever whatever you know group of albums you want to go to, it's definitely longer than four years. So like I'm not gonna hold on one second. They also said his was from 94 to 98. He didn't drop till 96. Like this, I felt like I maybe I just didn't even read this. I just kind of glanced at it and I just saw he was going by four-year increments. So I just was like, all right, whatever. But like even 50 Cent, like when did fit hang on a second now? Who is this guy again? Who who did this list? Because uh Niggas was just putting picking names out of a hat, honestly. Yeah, was like, like who was hot? <laughs> It's not even that, but it's like, do your Googles. When did Get Richard Die Trying come out? They came out in two thousand five, right? Okay, it came or out four? in two. It came out in two thousand three. Oh, three, okay. Like, and but his his era lasted longer than two thousand six, I would think, right? Fifty cents. Yeah, at least be oh eight. I don't know. Like, I mean, we can go through some of these, but like, even like Ludacris, like. No, I don't know. My my main concern is that he only did it by four year increments. Like, you're not gonna tell me Kanye's era was only four years long. You're not gonna only, tell me Ludacris's era was only four years long. Nobody has a four year like. It takes a long time to like be sustainably quote unquote hot. Like, like he like Marcus said, Drake's era is not over. He hasn't put out an album in a minute, but. Drake's Drake is still Drake right now. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you can make the argument that Drake isn't like as hot as he was previously. Like he's not doing crazy, crazy numbers, but there's still not people doing the type of numbers that Drake does on an all. Like it's kind of like what Aaron Rodgers was saying when people said like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers fell off," and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was like, "Well, my off years are people's MVP careers." Like right. when you're comparing Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers. His off year is great compared to other people. And that's the same with Drake. If Drake has an off year, plenty of artists would kill to have an off year in Drake's eyes. And I'm looking at this list. Um, I find it very disrespectful that Chance the Rapper is on this list in any facet. And this is no disrespect to Chance the Rapper as a person. I'm sure that 
Chance is a great father and an even better husband and a great son and brother and well, all that other stuff. What Chance the Rapper is not is a great rapper. <laughs> he should and just be called Chance. He's just Chancellor. <laughs> because <laughs> he, I personally don't feel that Chance has had anything that's been really good since Acid Rap. And of course, he's changed his life since Acid Rap. I don't think he's on, you know, the amount of heavy drugs anymore. You know, he's got a, a wife and a kid. But I just, his content is universally unappealing. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, can't wait on a new tra- chance to drop. Like, I know, I, who Please nobody would chance the rapper albums. When's the last one he dropped? Show me the last chance the rapper single. Like, I'm lost on how he fits into this. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's even allowed to listen to his own music at home. Like, he probably turns on, like, the album, and his wife's like, hey, can you put that, put some headphones in? Like, I don't need that over the <laughs> He's speakers. just went out of the room like, whoa, whoa, cut that off. It's like, hey, hey, nah, not in front of the kids, not man. I think my, my <laughs> outside of the, the number of years that he just threw together randomly, like, just randomly putting four years in there, how is Outkast not on this list? Right. If you go from 1998... When they dropped Equimini, the that's probably when they started getting a little bit more into the mainstream. But then you have Stankonia, which was crazy. You have Bombs Over Baghdad, So Fresh and So Clean. And then Speaker Box and Love Below, that was everywhere. Like, that was, like, the first, not the first, but that was, like, their first really big crossover hit with Heya. And how are they not on that list? That's from 1998 to 2003. How is Missy not on this list anywhere? Like Missy Elliott is nowhere on this list where she's like the gold standard for artistry, like lyrics that are good and music videos that are equally good. And Missy Elliott had a run where you could go nowhere without hearing work it. That's from probably about 97 <laughs> to about 04, 05. She was like, Missy was a certified hit maker. Yeah, like you, you weren't going to go anywhere without a Missy feature. A Missy video on MTV or BT and a Missy uh and hear it without hearing work it or get your freak on or some version of Missy on the radio. Yeah. My only thing with the list is I kind of felt like in some regards he was putting people on the list too early or too late. Like yeah. the I get the Tupac and Biggie. And the Nas, I, I give you that. But Jay Z from '94 to '98, and then he made it a a thing to not repeat the same artist too. That was and it's kind of like, you know, I'm the resident old man of the podcast. I guess I'm like 156 years old, but I'm a vampire, so I look young. Like don't crack, textual hey. chocolate. But I was I was I was around. I was alive in '96. Niggas was not really checking for Jay-Z like that. I would say Jay-Z really started to pop around 2000, 2000 2001. 2001. When, when, yeah. Blueprint, when Blueprint came out, that's when Jay-Z really like became Jay-Z. Like a lot of well, people. Then, right before Blueprint with uh, Give It To Me and right after Big Pimpin' in that time frame, he was really on top of his game. From, we'll say 2000, 2001, to probably 12, 13, or 14, Jay-Z's been the man in rap. So why is he only in one era that he wasn't really the man? Um, I agree with the Eminem. The Kanye West was too soon. To me, Kanye West was at the top of his game from 
five oh four to about ten or eleven, like two thousand eleven. I'd say yeah, and he still he still he's he, he's still relevant. So when I when I think of like Mount Rushmore and someone's error, I feel like it's like who's at like the top of the rap game, like who's dominating, who's controlling the sound, who's mm-hmm. like dominating the airwaves, and from two thousand two thousand four. 2005 ish to 2011, it was Kanye West. Really? You can't you can't tell me from 2018 to now that Drake doesn't belong on that list. You can't tell me that, and you can't tell me from 2018 to now that you're gonna put Cardi B over Megan Thee Stallion. Like Megan Thee yeah. Stallion has been more now. Now Cardi B has sold more records but when it t- when it comes to influence and impact on in the actual music. Megan Thee Stallion has put out more music, has put out more content, has done more on features, and has done has been more impactful. Like Cardi B did have a a, a moment where she was kind of out of the game, but when Megan Thee Stallion dropped, she was she was dro- she was doing like what Griselda is doing right now. She was dropping a mixtape, like two or three mixtapes a year, consistently. So what what I'll say to piggyback on that, I feel like. Cardi B, when she got on, she was on fire. And even though she doesn't drop the music, she's still one of the biggest names in the game. Like if it, if I had to have a Mount Rushmore from 17 till now, she'd be on it. Meg would too. I'm taking Roddy Rich off. Roddy Rich, Rich yeah. I mean, great one song, good Take album. Maybe off too. <laughs> yeah, and the baby. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, the baby too. Like he's he's good. You can, you can make more of a case for the baby than Roddy Rich. Like Roddy Rich, Rich had the one song. Like the baby at least had a few mixtapes. He when the baby came out, he was still hot. Like he was still all over the place at the beginning. Now he's kind of he's kind of falling off a little bit. Where the raps are kind of recycled, you know. It's uh, yeah. not his best little run here lately. But yeah, I'm not I'm not putting Roddy Woods on there for. And in the box was a great song. It was the biggest song of that year whenever it came out. But I can't name another song that Roddy Woods did. I can, but I wouldn't put him on nobody's Mount Rushmore. He hasn't been around long enough to be on a Mount Rushmore. He's, he's, I've, Roddy Rich has been consistently in the public eye for maybe a year and a half, two years. And so much so that when I first heard Roddy Rich, I thought it was Young Thug. And somebody had to be like, that's not Thug. Because I was looking for Thug. I was like, I can't find this Young Thug song. And it was... <laughs> And then you you also can't mention 2018 and say like Drake isn't on there because Drake dropped Scorpion and there was a lot of pretty good like God's Plan did crazy numbers. Um, nice for what is on there. Like I'm not saying Scorpion is a great album, but we're not gonna act like those songs didn't do numbers. Like Tusi Slide did numbers, and I'm pretty sure the uh, the Drake Pusha T beef was still going on in 2018, and that was a big deal. Like that that wasn't nothing like. Uh, w Freestyle and all that was still those are still great songs that's still impactful so you should get a mention on there and that's I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing going back to this like Kanye's era was not for four years Jay-Z's era was not for four years DMX's era was not for four years uh, Lil Wayne's era was not for four years Snoop Dogg's era um, Nicki Minaj's era I feel like that is still going um, J. Cole's era I don't. I mean, I don't know if you want to put him on there, but like, I think he's just kind of just naming like who are the top rappers. Like, yeah. Like, I don't understand what he was. Maybe I yeah, should have looked through the mentions. He needs to, to put a little see. bit more clarity. But just to wrap that up and tie a bow on it, um, one of the people that you were actually talking about during um this that we're all kind of shocked about 
Kanye West. You know, we're living in a time now where I like the fact that as black people, we're starting to accept the fact that, hey, talk to someone, get the proper therapy, heal from those past traumas. So the brother Kanye West, uh, Jesus is King, decides to go to a local adult establishment. He pays someone $15,000 just to listen to him vent or talk. This person proceeds to take that information and, of course, blast it all over the Internet because nothing is private nowadays. Um, Rev, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, what's what's going on? Like you, like what would you do if it was you in that situation? If Kanye West just came up and was like, "Hey, you know what? I've had a rough day. I just need somebody to talk to." Here's fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, I would listen to Yay talk. I mean, a one because I just think that Kanye has an interesting story to tell. I feel like Kanye got a lot of just like I would ask him to just come back and talk at any point. He don't have to pay me afterwards. I just feel like he got a lot to share. Um, and I don't think I would put it on the internet because one, uh, the internet is a strange place. And it's just like, once that information gets out there, you may think you're only tweeting it to your like, you know, 1500 followers and it, it won't go anywhere. Cause maybe 20 people are see it. But I just, I've recently not understood the need to like bring everything back to the TL. Like I don't, people share a lot of their like actual lives and it's kind of crazy to me. Like people tell their real life business on the internet and it's wild. Like I never even considered telling, like sharing that type of information on the internet. Um, yeah, I think I would just take the money and listen to Kanye talk. Like I might send it to my friends in my group chat, like, bro, Kanye West just came in here and gave me $15,000 to hear him listen to talk about how bad North is at home. Like, that was crazy, but I'm not putting it on the internet. The only thing I'm putting on the internet is my new bag, okay? Nobody. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough for one Birkin. came from. Like, I'm, I got the Birkin. I'm securing the Birkin. Don't worry about where it came from. And I'm just getting money listening to Kanye tell me all his thoughts. So, That's all that matters. <laughs> You don't, this is a message for everybody who puts their real life on the internet. No one cares. You should stop. Damson Idris, do you hear me? Stop asking questions on the internet. You know what? Elaborate on that a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> Elaborate on that a little bit because I've seen a lot. He was getting a lot of flack, a lot of smoke. Go ahead. He bring asked, it to him. He asked a perfectly logical question, right? He just <laughs> asked, why do women, um, like, if you know you don't want to meet up with a guy, why do you continue to lead him on? I don't think that was a ridiculous question. What I think the ridiculous part was, why are you asking us? <laughs> why are you putting it on the internet? You don't got no homeboys. Like, he ain't got you a group chat. Girls? You could have sent that to Shawty in the DMs. Like, you know, I don't understand why it needs to be on the internet. And then, now that it's on the internet, now it becomes dogpiling. Like, it's like, oh, look at this nigga. He getting curbed. So now you got to go back in another tweet and be like, I'm not getting curbed. And then My that friend wanted to know. <laughs> that tweet don't go over well. So now you got to delete the tweet and then deactivate the Twitter. <laughs> and then, like, oh, Twitter been deactivated for two hours, but niggas can't stay away from the internet. So now you got to come back with a cool meme <laughs> and make it seem like it's cool when from the jump you didn't need to tweet that. Like, I just, the question was not inflammatory. It was the fact that why are you asking us? Like, I don't understand why rich niggas won't just go be rich in private. Stop talking to us. <laughs> Leave us alone. Or get a burner account. Niggas who, 
tweet during lunch. It's not for niggas who are on hit television shows. Like, stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, they got my man's out of the paint real quick. He came back though. I respect it. I, I respect that he came back and was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm out here. I'm gonna keep it going, keep it right. Which is crazy because if I'm dancing Idris, who is rich and attractive and can just DM any woman he wants at any point and more than likely get a response. You think I'm finna deactivate because a couple niggas called me corny? I'm going to call you broke. Do you have money? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to work in the morning? Because I don't have to go to work in the morning. I don't need to go to work in the morning. I'm I'm five seasons deep into a show that you and your homegirls watch. I'm You, you got to you gotta pull out your phone and make sure your boss not looking when, you walk, when, when you're tweeting. Like, nigga, I'm in L.A. I just came off vacation. I'm going next week. Like, niggas got to learn how to. If you're going to be on the internet, you got to learn how to internet. <laughs> Well, he t- he he tweeted like he was a regular person. Like yeah, there's there's certain people like, especially me, like I'm someone who likes to be on Twitter and likes to tweet stuff. But someone like LeBron James just can't tweet anything without it being a trending topic. Mm-hmm. Like if this is where you if this is what you want the conversation to be on Twitter, if that if that's not what you want to talk about, then don't tweet it. It it, it has to be like super mundane. And even with the guy that we were just talking about previously. Um, TDE Punch, like he has too big of a following and he's associated with too many famous people to be tweeting out stuff like that without it being a topic, Mm -hmm. without it being fodder for the internet. Like I can tweet out something and it just goes to, well, now I have uh, a whopping 48 followers now. (laughs) So, (laughs) So if I tweet something saying like, you know, the Colts will win the AFC South this year, right? That'll go out to the you know the fifty people that follow me, but it's not going to be a trending topic. It's not going to mm-hmm. move the needle to where everybody's like, "Well, well are you sure? What about what the Titans did, just did? They just got Julio Jones, or how do you feel about Trevor Lawrence? They just whatever." And it's just like, if you're Dan's interest, like there's certain things you cannot talk about. Like just get out here, promote your show, get in a group chat. Like the only the only person that can do that successfully, I think, is Vince Staples. Ben Staples has been really good at just being a nigga that tweet every once in a while. The other day, somebody tweeted him a clip of some Asian Crips and was like, what's going on about this? The nigga was like, I don't know them, but if you want a problem, I can just drive you down there and y'all can have a personal conversation. I think Ben Staples is the only famous dude that can get on, tweet a couple sentences, and then like, if people respond and make it trend, then fine, but Vince ain't gonna respond. And if he does, he's so good, good at like trolling or just being quick on the draw. That he can respond really quickly and it and it goes away. If you if you're gonna be famous and doing the internet, you need tough skin and you need to be as witty as possible. Because yes. if you're not, you're gonna have 400 people quote tweeting your your what you thought was just a mindless tweet, and now you got to deactivate. So it's either be be an internet nigga or be rich. <laughs> you don't get to do both. You know, um, shout out to uh, Shan in the chat. Um, came through with the "Gotta Keep Everything Superficial" on social media. Uh, thank you for always uh, coming through and uh, supporting like you do. I know for me myself, I could be a bit transparent sometimes, but I'm actually. I explain to people I actually play a role on social media more so than it's me. Outside of when I'm texting about you know, the one person that I really don't like that I used to be friends with that's a Titans fan. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't want South Breeze to have to, you know, edit it. But he knows who he is. 
Um, but outside of that, like, you know, I, I, I play a role. And I feel like some people in general, they know how to play the role to get certain people to react to certain things. Like, I'm a villain online. You know, I go against the grain. I go against the grain in person. I, I'm like a heelish type of person. I, I'm, I'm the nigga that you love to hate. That's the role that I play. And if you follow me on all my social media accounts, you would actually see that on Facebook, it's actually like my authentic self. Like I'm sensitive, I'm caring. I like sunflowers. I like listening to loud music. You know, I like poetry and all that gay stuff. <laughs> It's, I'm not gay, but it's music is gay, but I'm really soft and sentimental person. You know, I I have teddy bears. You no, know, I like that shit. But on Twitter, I'm a thug SG. You know what I'm saying? I got my profile picker. I'm a gold grill in my mouth. Like I, I play a role. I, well, I, I Twitter's a comedy set. Like to me, at least. Like you, that's where you go to get your best jokes. Like. You know, if you're trying to get some conversational fodder, you go to Twitter, you know, put out some feelers. This is funny. This is not funny anymore. Um, this is going to get me canceled. This is just plain weird. Like, I think that's, to me, it. I mean, to me, social media in general is, is not, you can be as you are, you can be your authentic self. But I just, I think people say this all the time, like Twitter specifically, which is where I spend the majority of my time. Twitter specifically is not a place for uh, nuanced or like <laughs> gray areas. So you either are or you aren't. So I think Twitter is the one place where you cannot, uh, or it's a little bit more difficult, I should say, to be yourself, which is again, in the celebrity side of things, he may have really had that genuine question and just wanted some feedback from women on like, why is this a thing that happens? I've noticed this with my homeboys. I've noticed it with myself. Because he had built a rapport up to that point with being able to just talk to women. Because, again, he's attractive and he's rich. And you can normally just talk to women that way. But because Twitter is a place where it's 24-7 jokes and 24-7 senseless debate, that's not a place you can ask that question. So, I mean... I applaud the people who are able to be their real authentic selves on the internet. And I'm not saying that I put forth some like fake persona, but I also know that there's gotta be a boundary where the internet don't need to be knowing my innermost thoughts. I think that's my problem sometimes. I think I put too much uh, innermost, like I don't put my innermost thoughts, but I do put out a lot of just random thoughts that are in my head that could that should probably not be on Twitter, which probably explains why I've been suspended from Twitter so many times. So I I I, I think Twitter is pretty good for um having a nuanced conversation if you're talking to the people that like you really fuck with on Twitter. Cause like once once like the wrong person quote mm -hmm. tweets your tweet. Now it's out of your hands, especially if that person has a big following, because that's happened to me before. Well, I'll I'll tweet some something, and then someone with you know five to ten thousand follower quote tweets it, and now my shit's getting out of here. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is happening right now? I just want to have simple conversation. I made a simple statement. I wasn't trying to get all this deep into it, like with a bunch of strangers, you know. Like when I uh there was a the clip of um of a football, I think it was either a high school or a college football coach. 
And he like grabbed the player by a face mask and was like dragging him around and yelling in his face and blah, all this stuff. And I was like, am I soft for thinking that this is a bit much? And that's all I asked. And I was, it was mostly asking like people that I like knew. And then one person that I fought that followed me or, fo- or that I follow or whatever had like, you know, 10,000, 15,000 followers quote tweeted me saying, oh, you're soft as fuck. And then I, for like two days, I had people calling me Charmin. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Like, I didn't need that. I was trying to have a legitimate conversation, but it just, it got out of my hands and that it happens sometimes. And that's what's going to happen for the most part. If you're, if you're a celebrity, like Issa Rae just can't have a regular nuanced conversation on Twitter. It's not going to happen. And that's probably why she's not on there that much. Yeah, niggas on Twitter. There's a lot of people who are really good at just using the internet for jokes and like you know having fun, having these like spirited debates. And then there are a lot of people who are just miserable in real life and like make a name and feel like some type of fuel from being you know negative on the internet. Like shorty that called Issa Rae ugly. Like they got attention one time off of being negative. Now you got eight thousand followers because you're miserable. And now you got, you know, people, oh, girl, you 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 ran her down. You cleared it. And it's like, no, you're sad and you need a therapist. Like, Twitter, not for that. Well, then, And then now that becomes your brand. Like, now yes. that's who you are. That's what you have to, like, promote now because that's, that's why these people are here following you. So now you have to put on a show for them. It's just like, I blocked that person. So I don't know what she's doing yeah. on Twitter. And her back to both. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like... Right, chance that Twitter is not for the week. Yeah. And the thing I, I didn't like is now you, you got this um your auntie pussy headmaster, and I searched through her media and I didn't see like no nudes, no breasts, no nothing. Sorry, South Breeze, I'm just keeping it real. She she was just capping hard. Like if you're gonna be about it, be about it. Let your media show what you about. Anyway, speaking of showing what people are about, so an incident happened earlier this week with um, our resident gangster uh, of the rap industry, Jay Prince. Uh, what was that? A nephew was shot? Uh, I'm, I, I can't even recall. But was it his nephew was shot or his son? Not when his son, it was like his nephew was shot. Uh, he came out, made some threats across Houston, basically just letting niggas know, you know, what's good. I don't know. You, I, in case people, I know Jay Prince has been around for a long time. He's an ancient Negro like me, uh, back from the <laughs> back from the Renaissance era or something. We used to wear the the uh, fucking big things around our necks and stuff like that, and powdered face and stuff because we've just been gangsters for so long. But if you don't know the character of Jay Prince, Master P kidnapped Pimp C allegedly twenty years ago. Jay Prince made that call, let him go. Drake Pusha T got this beef. Jay Prince made that call, beef ended. Like the dude, he has he has some power in the game. What are y'all? First of all, what are your thoughts on Jay Prince being so commercial with this stuff now? See, there's the gay shit. I'm over here with a list. I'm sorry. What are, on, what are your thoughts on Jay Prince sending out threats to all of Houston? He's the Lion King. He's the man. Y'all tell me what y'all thoughts are. I've always really, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm a little confused. I, so 
obviously hip hop is enamored with like gangster culture. Like everybody loves a good reformed gang member who also got bars that make amazing music. Like we all love the nigga that, you know, is walking around with a gun in his ways, whether it's true or not. I think it's a lot of niggas that, especially rap niggas that rap about one thing and they are not that. Um, apparently James, Jay Prince, I almost called that man James Prince. I am so sorry, sir. Please do not. I don't, <laughs> I don't want no problems. <laughs> Everybody seems to know that Jay Prince, whatever Jay Prince puts out is obviously what he is or what he has been in the past so much so that you don't want that issue. So, I mean, you ask about why he's so commercial with it because it works. And obviously it's a true thing. I mean, it's not too many rappers who, who get to be like, I'm a crip. And I mean that, like, again, I'm going back to Vince Staples. That nigga could be like, I watched an interview of his a couple of weeks ago and he was like, I was a gang member before I started doing this. And I was a really good gang member. So if this ever don't work out, I'll just go do that again. And that's the type of like, <laughs> energy where it's like, I believe you. <laughs> exactly. I believe you. So, I mean, that's why it works because it's believable. And any nigga who got the proof if you got a record of being like, I say this and this happens, it, enough of those people start to be like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one's no one's gonna pull Jay Prince's card. Like no one can be like, nah, Jay Prince ain't really out here like that. <laughs> like he is out there and he's really about that life. There's no one questioning his uh street credibility at this point anymore. Even if you do have I mean, people can question it, but it's one of those things where it's like, why would you question it? Because he's been out here long enough doing what he does allegedly so i'm not going to be one to question it um rp to his nephew i hope they found whoever did um that that killing or that murder but uh yeah jay prince is not someone i would i would fool around with allegedly rang this doorbell right now was like give me all your furniture i'd be like mom we got to get the ottoman it's heavy i can't carry it by myself Like, do you want me to call a moving company or how do you want to do this? You want to have a, a truck? I can ship it to you and, and it'll be there in a couple of days, but I don't know how, whatever works for you, Mr. Prince. Yeah. I got you, whatever you need. It's fine. I don't want that kind of smoke. Okay, so speaking of that kind of smoke, just in case, you know, anybody's been uh, living under the a rug lately. There's been a lot going on with the uh, rapper Lil Durk. His brother, which I don't have my phone. Um, does anybody know his brother's name? I apologize. No, but I, I know the story you're talking about, but I didn't catch his name. Yeah, I think I left my phone. So shit, I don't know. Sorry about that, South Breeze. It may have been Otang or something like that. Um, I apologize. Um, definitely passed away today, uh, shot and killed. Another person in a long list of people that are surrounding dirt that are getting taken from this earth early. I'm not sure what's up with the drill music and Chicago rap, but this beef stuff is just getting like ridiculous uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, Dirk and whatnot. And Dirk is a very, very, very talented uh, rapper. I was actually listening to Hellcats and Trackhawks. Um, but the mashup with today was a good day. That's actually gonna be my song to read because it, it was it was fire. But I just hate that um, you know, sometimes you get in this situation where you're trying your best to get out of these situations or get out of certain hoods, and 
because of your prior dealings, like people are going to constantly be a target that's around you. So definitely shout out to uh, Lil Dirk's brother uh, that, you know, passed away. Uh, any thoughts on that before we move forward? Uh, R.I.P., man. So this week, Naomi Osaka decides to not speak after um, one of her French Open. Um, I don't know if it was like an opening round or not. I apologize for not having my phone in front of me and my notes. But essentially, she um, deals with a little bit of anxiety, didn't want to do the press conference after, um, I believe it was round one of the French Open. It's fine, $15,000. She basically says, fuck y'all. I don't need this tournament. I'll just quit. You know what I'm saying? She withdrew. It's sad. Like me, as a tennis player, as well as a a watcher of tennis, Osaka's a really great player. It's going to hurt tennis more than it hurts her that she's not in the tournament because, I mean, Venus and Serena – well, they're on their they're on the downtrend. They're not as good as they once were. They're still big names, and outside of those three, um, I forgot Sloan's first name. I don't have my phone on me. I apologize. Sloan Stevens. Sloan Stevens. Okay. So outside of them, like on the women's side, they're the biggest names that they got. And like my thing is, I hate it because it's like we don't know what it's like to be a superstar to deal with anxiety. Like I know a lot of people a few years ago were making fun of um, what's your boy, Marshawn Lynch. You know, I'm just here so I don't get fired and different stuff like that. And not saying that he has anxiety or not, because I don't know, but for some people, they want to play the game, but it's hard to get up in front of people and talk. Like, and I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with anxiety personally or had an anxiety attack where you're trying to stand up in front of people and you get stage fright or whatever the case may be. Your heart's beating fast. You feel like it's coming out of your chest. And some people black out. But the USTA to find her $15,000 just seems to be a bit ridiculous. Like, I can see if she constantly pisses away the media doesn't want to talk to them but we don't know what's going on with these athletes to make that decision to do this and it's not just them all of them do that so i'm gonna start out with marcus what are your thoughts on not just naomi osaka but just in general like why are we forcing these people And you know what i'm gonna take this to another level too as we transition to our next set of subjects you find her because you want the nigger to talk you throw popcorn on black people, you spit on black people, and it's like you feel as though, hey, we pay you, so do what we tell you to do. Sounds very similar to something else, but what are your thoughts on that, Marcus? Uh, I just think that uh, a lot of people don't. Um, it's hard for like media and fans to respect and understand people's uh, mental health issues and problems because it's not something that we can um, look at and we can't diagnose that. Like if, you know, if a player tears his ACL, you know he's out for the year. You know, you get a torn hamstring, you're out a couple weeks, a couple months, you're going to miss a couple games, you know, broken finger, you're out a couple months. If someone's saying, hey, I have anxiety, 
I can't, I can't show that to you. I can't show you like, Hey, here's a chart of my anxiety that's going on in my head right now or in my heart right now. I can't tell you how long it's going to last and when it's going to be over. So it's almost a thing where it's like, it's almost not real. It's not tangible to fans and media. So, uh, I think it's good that she's able to come out here and talk about it. I'm glad it is it is her because she is um, right now she is the face of tennis. Like I know Serena is still out there and Venus is still out there, but Naomi Naomi Osaka is the face of tennis. She's the best tennis player out there. She's been doing a lot of great things on the court. So for her to come out here and say like, "Hey, I can't continue to do this," I think it helps all the people that are not as good, like the. You know, 400th break player couldn't have done this. It, it had just been swept under the rug. But what I'm hoping for is that um, there's some sort of change in how they go about the this media thing. Like if if an athlete isn't feeling it and does just doesn't have it, there needs to be some sort of compromise or something where it's like, hey, I I, I can't I can't do this uh, press conference right now, but. I can talk one-on-one with, with one person that I feel comfortable with, or can we do, can we do it later? Like, instead of like, I, I hate the whole, um, like I, I, I get that, you know, you want to have access and you want to get people's, you know, emotions right after something happens, but I hate like the post-game interviews where they're talking to players immediately after they've done that, especially if they've, if they lose. Like I, I remember when, uh, Again, I I remember when the uh, the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. When the Panthers gonna... went to the yeah, when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl and lost, um, they were interviewing Cam Newton right after the game, and he was obviously upset because like you 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 go fifteen and one, you're the MVP of the league, you had the worst game of your life. And you just lost in front of everybody. People are questioning your toughness, whatever, whatever. And then as soon as you get off the field, I don't even know if you showered at that point, but now you got, you know, 50 people with microphones in your face ask you, hey, how's it feel to lose the, the biggest game of your life? How's it feel to get embarrassed on, on the biggest stage in your professional career? And then he gets up in the middle of the interview and walks away because he's upset and on top of that, you know, they're, they're like, oh, well, Cam Newton's a sore loser, blah, blah, blah. But then on the backside, they don't tell you that, like, he could hear the Broncos, like, next door. Like, he could hear them celebrating. He can hear them, you know, talking shit about him. Like, and, you know, you they can do that because they won. That's that's fine. But it's the idea that you just lost the game. You had a bad game. Now you have the media asking you all these questions. And now you can hear the opposing team that just won celebrating and dancing on your grave and you want me to sit here and just answer these questions i'm out i don't want to do this anymore fuck it like i get that there just needs to be it needs to be different something needs to change and that change isn't happening if a worse tennis player does this you need the best ones to come out here and say like hey this isn't good enough this needs to change and hopefully it does change hopefully they're 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 able to come up come to some type of compromise or something yeah, you bring up a really good point that I was going to bring up and then one more after this. Um, but the media side of it, um, I think that, yes, there has to be a change. Asking people 
very questions that require thought immediately after like they're still in like fight or flight mode oh yeah but that can like you can't those type of questions you're not even processing that like you're still going through like, like the the motions of being in a high stakes you know game like you're jittery um i can understand how that type of uh questioning would make someone anxietyful and before game if i'm before if i'm pre-match and the only thing i want to focus on is winning this match then I don't want to talk to you right now. We can talk much later once I've come down off the high of winning or losing. Like, let's talk later. I This thing, the other thing about media is that sports media in particular, media in general, but this is a sports media conversation, that it's, it's never about or it's rarely about the game and, like, the technicalities of a game. Here's what you were doing um, on the field or on the court. I want to ask you a question about that. It's always like the the extra stuff. Like I want to ask you, what was it like playing against your idol in a high stakes game to go to the finals of it? And it's like, what does that have to do with Naomi Osaka? Like, like I don't. What is this conversation? How do you feel about this thing happened right before this that has absolutely nothing to do with your game? But I want to know. Because I need a quick headline. Naomi Osaka hates Nike sneakers. Like, I don't want to get caught up in that. Like, ask me about the game or don't talk to me at all. And she gave them a solution. And they weren't happy with that solution. And so um, you you brought up earlier, Adolphus, that we don't know what it's like to be a superstar. And that's true. But I do know what it's like to be a black girl in a corporate or a work environment. And the moment that you're like, I don't really want to have a conversation with y'all. Like, I'm just here to work. It's like, oh, she's standoffish. She's rude. She doesn't know how to have conversations in the workplace. And it's like, well, why do I have to, though? Why do you expect me to come in here and appease what you like? You want me to be this bubbly person. Maybe I'm not. Why do I have this bubbly person to you? We're not friends. (laughs) Do you you follow her on Instagram at all? uh, Do I follow Naomi? No, but I'm like oddly always on her Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I. I'll let you keep going, but just I've heard her talk a lot. I've heard her like I've seen a lot her do a lot of interviews and her on Instagram. She is very soft spoken. Like you can tell, like the shyness just like leaps off the screen with her. So I get it. Like she doesn't seem like the type of person that wants to be just out here talking all the time. It's a weird thing that people do with black women in particular, to where they just expect all of us to have these like exuberant you know, personalities and we're all like, hey girl, hey. And it's like, well, not all of us are like that. Some of us are really quiet and only like to talk to our closest friends and family. And we come into our workplace and we do our jobs really good. And then we go home because we don't want to talk to y'all. So a uh, shout out to Calm for um, what they did. Yeah. It was a great marketing. I wish I could have been a part of that campaign just as a marketer, but just from the human perspective of, of it, to align yourself with like, people be having anxiety y'all like you can't force people into anxiety into environments that spike that for them um so shout out to naomi osaka for kind of taking that stand for herself and setting that boundary of like you're not gonna force me to play you're not gonna force me to talk to you like you know i'm young i'll make this money back some kind of way but i'm putting my foot down here and i'm i'm pulling out of this tournament um and so i hope that she can continue to set boundaries for herself like that i think i hope that the tennis association 
as a whole can reevaluate how they – I hope that sports media, I should say, as a whole can reevaluate the way that they talk to players, when they talk to players, the amount of people. There's no reason for 15 publications to be in the room at one time um, shouting questions at a person who has not had time to process a win or a loss. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that people could do better. Athletes are not just robots here for our entertainment. Like these are real people who, when they take that jersey off, they got to go home and they got to deal with the emotions of losing a game or maybe not being where they thought they should have been. So, you know, treating athletes like people, treating entertainers and, and you know famous people like people uh, is important. And so we should keep their their mental health in mind. So I just had a couple things to say on this one. So I kind of wonder, I know for the U.S. Open, Novak Djokovic had turned, he was very deep in the tournament and probably was favored to win the tournament. He should be on the the heels of Rafa Nadal. And he turned around harmlessly, hit a ball back in frustration and struck the uh, umpire in the neck with the ball. He was... Find ten thousand um, dollars, and then I think he had to like forfeit two hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars, as well as all the points he earned for that tournament. But I remember afterwards, like they showed the media hounding him down to ask him questions about why he did it, and of course he hops in his Tesla and speeds off, and it's like. You know, you know, he you thought he thought it was BS, you know, at the end of the day, because if you watch the film, he hit the ball hard, but he didn't purposely do it for uh, to her with the intent to hurt this woman. And he thought it was BS because it's a major him winning. It probably would have earned him another. I mean, they win millions of dollars for doing this. And the field was clear for him to win and he lost. Um, so and, and my thing is. I don't think that was as blown out of proportion as this was like, because I do remember him skipping out on the media portion. I remember them trying to chase him down, even all the way out to his car to get him to answer the questions. He didn't answer questions. So then I truly wonder because now if you know this or not, if you follow tennis or not, Djokovic is not a brother. He's not black. I mean, he's not from Sweden. I forgot which country he's from, but you know, there's definitely some skin pigmentation differences between him and Osaka. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is me, myself, you know, I always try to keep it real with certain things. So I remember one time I had an anxiety attack. Uh, this was at work. And I could just remember it like it was yesterday. Like I was taking some some different medications that can sometimes cause anxiety attacks. So as black people, there's a certain type of high blood pressure medication that is really bad for black people. Like it will definitely cause a lot of issues. So I've been on this medication. And if you know me, you know, like International Thespian Society, I've acted in front of people, I've been on stages, I've done all kinds of stuff. I was a rapper at one point, yada, 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 we won't talk about that. But they're coming around, we're doing like a icebreaker thing. And it's like, I could feel my heart about to jump out of my chest. Like, and I was, I never felt that before in my life. Like I said, I've been, I've done like plays in front of two, three, four, five hundred 500 people before. Never had this issue before. This medication caused me to have this anxiety attack. And I just felt like it was like an outer body experience. 
And this is not something that commonly happens to me, but I couldn't imagine being a person that deals with these type of issues or being a Naomi Osaka that may be soft-spoken. And you could be having an attack. I'm not saying she is or isn't. And the other thing that I didn't like that I felt was really classless of people, I understand Twitter is the land of jokes. People are going to get their jokes off. People immediately went to her social media grab pictures of her and bathe in suits. Oh, well, how, you got anxiety now, but you didn't have anxiety then. Or blah, Why are you showing these pictures and blah, 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 blah. It, it, those things are not mutually exclusive. I mean, you taking a picture wearing a bathing suit is not the same as you speaking to hundreds of people in a crowd that's going to go across to millions of people across the world in this specific scenario. So, I mean, I understand Twitter is the land of the jokes, but sometimes Twitter just gets a little bit out of hand with that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, hey, I could take a picture in a Speedo and never look at it again. I'm sure I get roasted to death if I did that, but that doesn't have anything to do with how I feel about those things. So definitely be cognizant of what's going on and how people are feeling out here. Um, and as always, check on your people that have mental health issues. Uh, be an open source for them to talk to, support them in any way you can. Um, yes. So, time to get to the topics. Uh, you know, we had a wild two weeks. We got the NBA playoffs going on. I just want to know before we before we smoke on this Laker pack tonight. What are your <laughs> thoughts initially with the NBA playoffs? I'm loving it, man. I, I'm enjoying all the uh, playoff series and games, and uh, I think this is going to be one of the more interesting uh, playoffs that we've had, and this is a great opportunity for a lot of young young players and new players to kind of, you know, put their hat in for being, like, one of the faces of the NBA. And Rev? Um, I like it. Somebody the other day was like, oh, it's a LeBron-less playoffs. It's, you know, that's got to be bad for the NBA. I'm like, it's three other stars still in this, this like, the playoff landscape. Giannis is still here. KD is still here. It's bad for you. Tyree's still here. I guess. But, I mean, that's that goes to another point. I don't, we don't have to elaborate on, but like y'all niggas got to stop watching the basketball for just LeBron. Like that nigga not been to play forever. You better find you a new fave. Like, now, wait, hold on. That is a great point. And what I'm going to do, because that was actually the first question that came up. So we're not going to smoke on the Lakers pack yet. Since you brought up LeBron, what is next for LeBron James? And Rev, do you think LeBron James is declining? Do you think he's on the decline now? Probably the nigga, what, 36? Like, <laughs> oh, 36. of course he's on the decline. He's been running his body ragged for 17 plus years. Anybody in they just, is that's what happens to human bodies. Like, LeBron is a crazy physical specimen. There probably is a little, you know, half second lag in his step. Like, he probably not jumping out the gym like he used to be. Um, I don't think LeBron is, you know, washed and he never gonna dunk again, but it wouldn't be surprising if you look at, you know, 17-year-old LeBron and look at 36-year-old LeBron. Yeah, he may have lost a step or two, because that's what happens to bodies. Um, do I think that LeBron is on the decline? Yeah, sure, because he don't have much longer left on the court, whether it be by sheer, I cannot do this to my body anymore, 
or if he just like, I've been here long enough. It's time for me to go. Like he going to make one of those decisions soon. My body won't let me, or I just literally don't want to no more. I want to be home with my kids and my wife and like, you know, make space jam 56. So it sure. LeBron is on the decline. And I would implore anybody who is only watching basketball for LeBron James that you either should get gear up to stop watching in the next three-ish years because I anticipate that he'll be out of here soon, or you need to look around the NBA landscape and pick from the budding young stars that are around you. There are tons of people you can latch on to. Trey Young is having a phenomenal playoffs. He looks great. He's, you know, playing his tail off, and he's also hilarious by just sheer being out there and bowing in MSG and in the middle of a celebration. Like, that type of stuff is fun to watch. You can watch Luka. He'll probably be out in the first round, but you can watch Luka. He's fun to watch. Um, Giannis is still here. Uh, if you want to watch KD, KD still got some miles left on him. Steph Curry bought a team out of obscurity and almost won a play-in series. The guy he lost to, John Morant, is crazy. Have you seen Devin? Like, take your pick. There are people for you to watch. But if you're only watching this for LeBron, you either need to gear up to get out of here in the next couple of years or you need to find somebody else. So, Marcus, that goes to you. What's next for LeBron or, or LBJ, and is he declining currently? Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to say that he's not declining. Like, I remember when he was with the Heat, and just what – if you go back and watch, like, his highlights with the Heat, what stands out the most is what he did on defense. Like, he's not playing like that anymore. He's not the, you know, guard one through five at an elite level anymore. He's not that guy. I'm not saying he's not a good defender – but he's no longer an elite defender. And that's usually where you start to kind of fall off is because lateral movement, speed, all that. Like, did he have – I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't, but I, I don't remember if he had one of his patent, you know, chase down blocks this season. Like, maybe he did. I just don't remember seeing it. And I felt like that was something we saw, like, every two or three games he was doing that in Miami. Like, he did that a lot. He made that like a thing. So – I don't think LeBron – I think LeBron is still going to be a top 10 player next year. Uh, before, I would have said top five, but now I'm leaning towards top 10 just because of his age. Now, in, you know, two of the last three seasons in L.A., he has been hurt. Um, as you get older, once you start getting hurt, it's a thing that's just going to keep on happening. It's like you just don't stop getting hurt. It just continues to happen. So uh, the problem – I don't think LeBron is done winning championships – he can win a championship, but Anthony Davis is the key to this. Like Anthony Davis now has to be the best player on the Lakers. Anthony Davis needs to be in the MVP conversation. He needs to be putting up 30 and 12 nightly. Like LeBron has to be the second guy because LeBron can no longer be your best player on a championship team. Like he can only do so much, you know, and the, the pro, the pro, the, it's like a gift and a curse curse having LeBron James on your team. The gift is, is you're, you're a championship contender. You're expected to go far in the playoffs. The curse is you don't have time to have people develop, to use your draft picks to find young players. Cause LeBron is on a time. He's, he's not, LeBron isn't uh, going up against Kevin Durant. He's not playing against Steph Curry. He's playing against Michael Jordan. He's playing against Bill Russell. He's playing against father time. So if you if you root for someone like Atlanta, you got Trey Young, 
no matter what happens in this series, you can be like, all right, well, we can still find, you know, someone in a draft or a young player to develop with Trey Young. The same with Luca, the same with Java Morant, the same with Devin Booker. You have all these great young players who can still develop and get better. Jason Tatum, you can find another running mate for him because they're still young. LeBron, the Lakers don't have that that luxury. They can't be like, okay, well, let's go to the draft and see if we can find someone to develop. LeBron is not developing anybody. He want, he needs ready-made stars to come out here and perform. So that's that's well, what it's like. <laughs> they do have Cal Kuzma. Oh my God. The the and TikTok star. Have sharks. One day he's gonna turn that corner. <laughs> One of these days. And okay, since you brought up Kyle Kuzma, we gotta stop this thing about like the Lakers shipped off the wrong players for yeah. Anthony Davis, as far as like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Like Brandon Ingram is a good player. I like Brandon Ingram when he was in LA. And I like Lonzo Ball better than a lot of people did. But Brandon Ingram does not become what he is in New Orleans if he stays in Los Angeles. Like, Brandon Ingram needs to get his 15 and 20 shots a game to be effective and efficient. He's not getting that on the floor with LeBron James. Like, he becomes almost a spot-up shooter if LeBron James is on the floor with him and with Anthony Davis. I think it, I think it's, I think it works better as far as like having your lineup, having like Anthony Davis at the five and LeBron at the four and Ingram at the three. But Ingram isn't that 25 point per game player if he stays in Los Angeles. Also, the whole they shipped off the wrong players. Who wanted Cal Kuzma, y'all? Who was like, yeah, well, let's do it. Let's do a deal with Cal Kuzma involved. If you and are an NBA GM and you're making decisions and they say, we got some guys we maybe want to give to you. We got Brandon Ingram, we got Lonzo Ball, and we got Kyle Kuzma. We'll give you two, but not all three. Are you going to choose Kyle Kuzma? No, you're not. You're not about to spend money on that guy. And you know why you're not? Because look at him. <laughs> He's not helping you get better. At least New Orleans takes a step with Brandon Ingram. Like, you see how you want to get some type of value for what you've given them. If I'm giving you Anthony Davis, no, I don't want Kyle Kuzma in return. I would no, rather have a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Please give me Brandon Ingram. I would love to have him instead. Give me Lonzo Ball. Give me Josh Hart, too. I don't want Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> like, Kyle Kuzma is a good fourth option player. Like, fine. But I just don't think Brandon Ingram becomes the guy that he is in New Orleans, in Los Angeles, because he's not getting that many shots. And at some point... Anthony Davis, you're just going to have to suck it up and play center, dog. You can't just keep doing this thing where it's like, oh, I want to play the four. I don't want to be in the paint. Anthony Davis is at his best when he's at center because he's still an elite rim defender, rim protector. He can play on um, the pick and roll if he gets switched onto a younger or a smaller player. He's still good enough to defend that. And if you, on the offensive side, if you have a regular traditional center on him, he can take them out to a three-point line. So now you take that, you take that big, like say if they say if they happen to match up against Utah and you have uh AD at the five. AD can take Rudy Gobert out of the paint. Now LeBron has more work, has more space to work down there. Or anybody else, Schroeder, whoever. You had Anthony Davis has taken Rudy Gobert out of the paint now because he can shoot the three. You can't do that if Anthony Davis is at the four and you have Andre Drummond in the game. Because now Rudy Gobert can just stay in the paint now. 
So at some point, I don't know who needs to talk to him or what needs to happen, but ownership, the GM, and LeBron James need to have a heart-to-heart talk with Anthony Davis and say, hey, if we're going to be successful, if we're going to get back to the playoffs and get back to the finals, you need to play center. You need to put a little bit more weight on. I'm not saying don't shoot threes. Continue to shoot threes. That's fine. But you need to be the center. You need to, to protect that rim. Yeah, I was just about so, to say. Oh, go ahead. Hold sorry. on one second. Hold on one second. Because that just kind of brings up the next point. Um, so Anthony Street closed Davis. Oh, gosh. <laughs> First of all, that was hilarious. No, Anthony but, Davis is hilarious. Whoever said that, you are a genius. <laughs> so – do you guys think that he's actually injury prone? Now we do know a couple of years down in New Orleans he was hurt. He's been hurt this year. Um, do you, Rev? I'll start with you so you can pivot back to your point. But also, do you think Anthony Davis is injury prone, and can this actually work? I was just about to say, I, do I think Anthony Davis is injury prone? Uh, kind of. And I'll, and that brings me to whatever he's doing in his conditioning. And trust me, I am in no position to tell a almost seven-foot athlete how he should be working out to prepare for a basketball season. Let's get that straight. But there seems to be, based on history, an issue with the way that he conditions throughout the season. So I think it would be a good idea for him to – work with the trainer. I'm sure he's already working with the trainer, but for them to sit down and discuss, like, here's what's been constant in my conditioning routine or the way that I prepare my body for work. Here's what's been constant. Maybe we can change these things. Maybe I could put on a little weight. Maybe I could incorporate some more stretching or figure out something to do with my lower body because he does seem to be injury prone. There have been more than one, there's been more than one occasion to where a team has really needed Anthony Davis and he hasn't been able to perform because he's been hurt. So I would love to see him, whatever he's got to do, I don't have any recommendations, but whatever he has to do to prepare his body for a long haul NBA season. This wasn't even a full NBA season. This season started a bit uh, late. Um, so whatever he's got to do to get his body ready for a full NBA season, I hope he, that he does it because if the Lakers are going to take that next step, to Marcus's point, if they're going to take that next step, they need a healthy Anthony Davis and not just the healthy Anthony Davis that is great throughout the regular season and then come postseason time he's not available. They need a, you know, 100-game physically ready Anthony Davis because without Anthony Davis, relying on LeBron, you know, 30-plus-year-old LeBron James just will not get you back to an NBA final. Not with all these young guys rising up and ready to take you out your spot. Yeah, and I'm, I'm cool with him. Like, the load management thing, if that's what needs to happen, cool. Set out some games if need be. Take a break. I'm fine with that if that's what it takes for you guys to, you know, be successful with him. I'm I'm, I'm not uh, on, the, on the train of calling – um, pro athletes injury prone like it's a physical game sometimes things happen like I don't know maybe he's unlucky with injuries but I don't think he's just like brittle and fragile you know so I don't know I just feel like people just throw the injury prone word out there to kind of you know trash uh, certain players but yeah uh, he he he's he's the key now like we we saw um like LeBron 
just can't take over the game as much as he used to. He can still do it, but he's not been, he's not going to be able to do it every game in the playoffs anymore. Like, what do you have? Like, I mean, he he didn't play poorly, but it wasn't a thing where he's just like he had he left his thumbprint on that game. And I think that Lakers roster needs to be rehauled. Like, I think everybody outside of Anthony Davis, LeBron, um. Maybe that rookie they have, uh, I can't, even, I can never remember his name, like THT or something like that. Um, and maybe Caruso. Everybody else is is up for like Marcus Hall. It can't be that no more. Andre Drummond can't be that no more. Schroeder can't be that. Wesley Matthews maybe, but I doubt it. Like you, you need three and D players out there that can actually hit threes and play defense. <laughs> And they ain't got that right now. Like Marcus was terrible on defense. Like he was a, a, he could not move. He cannot. He can't do anything for you. He should retire. Sorry, he's he's done as a professional NBA player. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think the Lakers are going to outscore anybody. Like that, you got to be able to. Yeah, they they can't. They're not going to out who. Well, they're not going to outshoot anybody. Like Mm -hmm. just watch. You know, Devin Booker go crazy. That's one guy. They can't stop one guy. So they're, they're they, they don't they don't have someone that can match that type of shooting though. Like yeah. Devin Booker is a great I I people are always like talking about like Chris Paul being like the MVP and like yeah he's been playing pretty well. But I always thought it was Devin Booker that was yeah. the best player on that team because we you remember what happened in the bubble like the Suns went eight zero in the bubble and they yes. for some reason didn't make the playoffs but whatever. But it was because of Devin Booker and so. I feel like all the credit that Chris Paul is getting should go to Devin Booker. That's, I don't know. They The, the Lakers just don't have a guy that can hit shots like that, that can get his own bucket like that outside of LeBron. And LeBron is 36 going on 37. And he has played, I think he's played, if you include like the playoffs and like the Olympics and the FIBA World Cup, he's played in the NBA for 18 years. But if you include all those games, he's played in the NBA for like 21 years. Those are a lot of other games that he's or and playoffs included. Like he's played a lot of extra games. So I mean, maybe this first round exit is a blessing in disguise because most of the time he's going deep into the finals. So now he gets a longer break to recover. Yeah, yeah definitely. Shout out to LeBron James. Um, you brought up a pretty interesting point, uh, Marcus. So, um, what does this game or this series do for CP3's legacy? I mean. I know he's been out of the first round before. But what are your thoughts on, on him and his legacy? I mean, he had a shoulder injury. He was able to kind of fight through it. He had some great shots. I know this is Devin Booker's team, but I don't think they get to the second seed without Chris Paul. I don't think OKC is as good as they were last year without Chris Paul. Like, I think people are really undervaluing just how good Chris Paul or CP3 can be like this guy is literally a top five point guard all time. He is big time. You know, if I were the Lakers when he was at OKC, instead of getting Schroeder, I would have tried to see what we can do to make a play for him because I think that would have took that team over the top. Or if I was Miami when he was kind of available there, I've always advocated for him going there. Or even with the Milwaukee Bucks, I felt like with any of them teams, they're a shoe-in for a championship prior to this Nets concoction. So what are you guys' thoughts on Chris Paul, the shots he made? Does this help out his legacy? 
uh, th- with the Suns defeating the Lakers in six games. Um, I feel like uh, Chris Paul is one of the types of players that you go after when you have a LeBron James on your team because Chris Paul is an established player. You know what you're going to get from him. Why he declined 44 guaranteed million dollars at his age is wild to me, but um, we'll see what he does. Uh, I just Chris Paul's at this point in his career. There's we're not changing anything about his legacy, no matter what he does for the rest of these playoffs. No matter if he if they lose in the second round. If they get to the Western Conference Finals and lose, even if he gets to the finals, win or lose, Chris Paul is a top five point guard of all time right now. He's a top 50 player ever. Um, probably the top two or three smartest players ever. Like, this doesn't change anything for me. Like, the way I feel about him is solidified. Like, he's been in the NBA long enough. He's done enough. All NBA, NBA. He's never or all uh, all star. Like he's never won an MVP, never won a championship. But you know, Carmelo Anthony hasn't either. Like Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is still a top fifty player, top five most likely likely at his position. Um, yeah, Hall of Famer, first ballot, him and Chris Paul. So there's a lot of people who kind of, you know, there's a conversation about like. Oh, is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer now that he won a ring? I'm like, what? Like, is Dwight Howard a first ballot Hall of Famer now that he won a ring? Are you crazy? Like, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer when he left Orlando. Like, that was already established. And it's the same with Chris Paul. Chris Paul could retire right now. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony, retire right now. First ballot Hall of Famer. So, um, this doesn't change anything for me about uh, Chris Paul's legacy. Yeah, I'm not going to add too much after that. It's pretty much everything. Chris Paul's legacy was cemented a long time ago. So anything Chris Paul does now is just adding to it. Chris Paul is, you know, yeah. the blueprint for a lot of point guards. I think he's one of the last of his kind of point guard, a very um, – like a, a point guard that is actually like a passing guard. Like he could score, but he does the – the he, feels, he facilitates like a point guard. He runs the floor. Um so yeah, Chris Paul is, is always going to be Chris Paul, and um, I think eventually people hot take Twitter or you know NBA Twitter, the the sixteen year olds will eventually get old enough and look back and be like, oh no, Chris Paul is fire, and the rest of us will be like, we've been saying that. So it's like, it's like duh, like even this yeah. whole ring thing, like if you're gonna use this as a reason to put him like above John Stockton, like okay, but like do you have? People don't have Rondo above Chris Paul because of a ring. Like, nobody thinks Rondo is a better point guard all time than Chris Paul. Like, that ring, I mean, it's obviously it's something that you wanted. It it does something for your career. But just because, you know, Rajon Rondo and, like, Jason Kidd won rings with the team doesn't put them above Chris Paul. I'll also or, say – Or even John Stockton. You brought up the $44 million thing. I mean – Chris, this does not change the fact that I think that Chris Paul is cemented first ballot Hall of Famer. Like Chris Paul is the archetype for a point guard. But on that same token, Chris Paul is also 36. And I don't I think I saw something where he may be seeking like the hundred million dollar range. And Ooh. I yeah, three I years mil. Yeah. I, and I'm not an NBA GM, like I don't handle NBA money. I'm not in them circles. I don't know. I'm just thinking from my mind right now, I do not pay a 36-year-old 
with a shoulder injury, a nagging shoulder injury, a hundred million dollars over three years. I, I'm not doing that. That's Even a lot. Before, of before, like he when he signed this current contract that he was under, I was like, how did he? How did his agent get that? Like, how did he? How did he finesse whatever team signed into that deal to a forty-plus million dollar deal at his age? Like. I don't know. I think the good thing is, like, he's actually, if he gets the three years, 100 million, he's going to be taking a pay cut because that only averages out to like slightly over 33 million a year. So it is a little bit more team friendly. I guess if he stays with the Suns, he'll be saving them 11 million or wherever he goes. But it's the fact that he'd be on one year, 44 million. Now he's on three years, 100 million. And He'll be thirty nine by the time right. over. So, um, and I, I think I think if he leaves the Suns, I feel like the Suns will be. I don't want to say they'll be just fine without him, but I think they can if they can find an average to above average point guard, they'll be back to where they are. Like they're the keys to that team are still there. Like Devin Booker and Aiden are still young, and they're not going anywhere. You just need to find another average to above average point guard, and they're still a. 40 to 50 plus win team. So like if I'm if I'm the Suns and Chris Paul comes to me talking about something three years, a hundred million dollars, nigga, go play with LeBron. Go over he there. Would, he would have to do something astronomical in these these next couple weeks for I think a Suns team to even consider like he would literally have to put the team on his back and yeah. carry them to a four game sweep of whatever team come out the east for the <laughs> for the for the uh the sons to even be like, all right, this is a thing we'll talk about. Because other than that, like, we love you, Chris Paul. We thank you for what you've done, but we're gonna have to let you go. <laughs> in in my mind, Chris Paul is gone after this year. He's not. You don't turn down forty four million dollars and then come back to that team. Like, I think he's out of there. Okay, definitely. So, speaking of out of there, um, today some very interesting remarks came out from the president of Marcus's team. Uh, leaving a certain golden key under a match for LeBron James. So, Marcus, just for you, I mean, I know it's a long shot, but would would you want LeBron back on your team at this point, him being 36 years old? Yes. Yes, I would still want LeBron on my team. Uh, Since we're talking about the Heat, I just – I am tired of bubble fraud only being labeled to the Heat – Like, how come we're the only team that's a bubble fraud? Like, the Celtics lost in the first round. The Lakers lost in the first round. How come we're the only team that's considered a bubble fraud? Like, what's going on here? Like, if any other team would have won the finals or lost in the conference finals, they're they're being called. Like, how come the Bucs aren't bubble frauds? They lost in the second round. Or any other team. But the Heat. The Heat are the only bubble frauds? Like, get out of here. People are just jealous. It's embarrassing. One of the best franchises in the NBA and NBA history and we're frauds, get out of here. Sick of this shit. Okay, so that, that's like kind of... Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. You know how you got like an ex who's like, y'all know what it is? Like whenever, you know, either both of y'all are single at the same time, it's like, you know, let's see what this, you know, summer flame is about. The Heat, the heat have that with LeBron. It's just like, I think all of LeBron's teams have that with LeBron. Like... It's just like whenever you want to come back, I'm sure if he knocked on Cleveland's door tonight and was like, I'm ready, they'd be like, okay, 
Right Every, back to it. Everybody would be happy to have LeBron. So. Definitely. I know if he wanted to come to my team, we would definitely accept him because LeBron is still going to get you over the hump to that championship. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty interesting from them. Um, so the next thing, of course, is just going to be um, as far as the NBA future stars, um, of course, when we talk about the young stars, uh, Rev, you definitely have one of the brightest on your team. I want to know you guys' thoughts as far as the changing of the guard that we're seeing in this season, in these playoffs, um, with your players like uh, your Aitons, your Michael Porter Jr., your Jokic, your uh, Devin Bookers, your Tatums, your uh, – you know, in beads and just the different guys, the John Morants and things like that, Trey Youngs. What are y'all's thoughts about the NBA and the NBA future? Like, do you guys think that it's in really good hands? And I know, Rev, you brought up a great point about the bronosexuals that kind of feel as though that, oh, I can't watch it because LeBron is out, yada, yada, yada. And I just want to pivot back before I fully spread it over to you. The question I want to kind of say is, is the NBA going to be in good hands or are we going to have the post Jordan style NBA when LeBron leaves? What are your thoughts on the NBA's future? I personally think that the NBA will be fine. Um, I think we've seen enough of the new guys. Like we've had enough. It's It's been a, a smooth, I would say it'd be, it's been a smooth exchange to where we've slowly seen these new guys mature and develop while we've also been able to watch, you know, a very mature Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, LeBron James specifically because he is likely on his way out soon. Um, I think we've seen a pretty smooth exchange. I mean, every you generational talents are just that, like – you're not going to have a LeBron every single generation, but you are going to have a full crop of, of really good young guys. You mentioned Jason Tatum, a really good young guy. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a really good young guy. We still got Dame Lillard around for a long time. See, he, he I don't know how long he and CJ McCollum will be together. I imagine that the Trailblazers will start to look to blow that that those two guys, that, that core up soon in Portland. They just haven't been able to get it done. Um, but there's enough talent sprinkled around the NBA, and it's not just in one conference. There's enough talent on both sides to have a really good, you know, set of matchups for years to come. We are watching Trey Young build a rivalry with every team that he comes across. Like everybody's a rival for four games plus. Um, I think that's fun to watch. I don't think we see a lot of NBA uh, players who are willing to, to shush a crowd in the middle of a game. Um, we don't see a lot of NBA players that trash talk that same way. Um, uh, Devin Booker, we don't see a lot of – and Jason Tatum, these guys are, you know, every night it's – Jason Tatum's the third youngest player to score 60 points in a, in a playoff game or have, you know, uh, uh, Devin Booker's the youngest player to have a triple-double in, in three of his first six playoff games. Like, those stats, they don't come around for no reason. I think we're fine. I think people will need to let it go. Like one day LeBron, you have to come to terms with one day LeBron will leave. So instead of like trying to hold on to that, just watch the guys that we have now and and see that things are fine. Yeah, I think on the court, um, the NBA has no issues. 
like Jeff Embiid. Like we've named all the players. There's a lot of great players out there. Um, I thought it was it was good for the league to have LeBron get put out in the first round by one of those young players in Devin Booker. So people are more like, okay, let me see. This kid is like a really good player, like almost elite. Like he just dominated the series. So, you know, maybe I should pay attention to him more. Uh, I think the NBA needs to kind of get away from these 10 o'clock starts because Jesus Christ, man. Like, can we get like a nine o'clock start or something? Right. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, I think the problem the NBA is going to run into is um, off the court. I think LeBron is good for the off the court uh, rivalry um, storyline type deals. Like, cause there was this, so there's LeBron versus, you know, Jordan. If, you know, when LeBron is gone, that conversation, at least during the games, that conversation goes away. We've had the LeBron versus KD um, discussion uh, LeBron versus the Eastern Conference in general was a thing. Uh, LeBron versus uh, Golden State, Steph Curry. That's a that was a rivalry. Um, so I think that would be something that the NBA is going to struggle with. Uh, I'm not sure if if Trey. I don't think Trey Young's going to be able to step into that role right now, just because he's still young. He hasn't. He's not an all time great player yet. So that's something that comes yeah. with time. And I don't know if Kevin Durant is ready to just kind of step into that role where it's like, all right, this is my league. Uh, you're going to start comparing me to, you know, LeBron and Jordan. Like, who who's going to who's going to be the next player when LeBron retires that we're like, all right, who's the next Jordan? Because it was like, you know, uh, it was Kobe Bryant for for a while, and then it was LeBron James for way longer. So it's like, who's that next guy, or 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 who's the person that when LeBron James retires? we got to compare that person to LeBron James. And I don't know if it's going to be Kevin Durant because people people really hold those Golden State years against him. They hold that against him a big time. Yeah. So I don't know who it's going to be because – I also don't think Kevin Durant even – I don't think KD wants that responsibility. Like, I think KD is just fine hooping, like, and just being yeah. KD. Like, I think he's fine. He's found a really good home in uh, Brooklyn – where Kyrie also doesn't care about being this enigma around the league. Like Kyrie, I think Kyrie barely, I, he, it seems to me sometimes that Kyrie kind of treats the NBA like his part-time job. Like mm -hmm. he really just a healer. And every once in a while he do this basketball thing on the weekend. It's like, um, or maybe, so it can, maybe it's going to be Steph Curry. I feel like Steph Curry has a, an opportunity to be, I think he should be put in the conversation of like all time greats, like top 10 player ever. Um, Cause he's, I think if when LeBron James retires, it's going to be Steph Curry that has the most the most championships. Depending on what happens this year, like because he's got three, uh, Kawhi's got two, and Kevin Durant has two. Mm -hmm. So Steph Curry's the guy right now that has the most championships. So it's like it's like once you know LeBron or Kobe or Shaq or Tim Duncan once those players retire you look at the next player that has the next most rings. So it's like, all right, who's going to be the next person to, so like for Steph Curry, can he get a fourth championship? Can he get to Shaq? You know, and then when you get five, can you get to, you know, can you get to Kobe and Tim Duncan? And then if you get five, can you get to six to get to uh, Jordan and Scottie Pippen and stuff like that? So I think the off course stuff is going to be um, a little bit harder. I think it's going to be a little bit of a harder sell but I think that's because the NBA, that's because sports media itself has made it hard on themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
you you have forced the LeBron topic for a very long time. And this was the perfect year to transition to talk about anybody else when LeBron got hurt. Perfect time to do that. And you guys in the sports media did not do that. So hopefully by the time we get to the to the uh, conference finals, we're able to talk about um, the Devin Bookers a little bit more. Maybe talk about, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, yeah, Trey Young if he gets there, Embiid if he gets there, all these other young players that are going to be superstars. Like these are going to be the next crop of superstars. So it's time to start getting them, getting the audience ready to like, all right, now the Hawks have more than one primetime game. We need people. We need to make sure people watch Hawks games next year. We need to make sure people are t- tuning into the Suns games, to the Nuggets games. Like Jokic is going to win the MVP, and nobody cares. Like nobody cares about him. Nobody cares about his games. Nobody cares about the Nuggets. They just don't. Nobody wants to watch them. And he's a great player, but he's just we. The audiences were were children. We're childs. We're, ch- we're childish. We won't like something until someone tells us to like it. Yeah. Like, like my kids don't know what they like, but if I play certain music around them, I'm like, hey, I like this song. They'll like it too, just because I like it. And that's unfortunately that's what NBA Twitter and most fan bases uh, are like. You know, if, if ESPN and Fox Sports One or whoever are putting them on your TV, telling you, hey, you need to watch. You need to watch Trey Young. You need to watch Giannis. You need to watch Julius Randle. You need to watch these players. They're not going to watch them. So, Yeah, I agree. It's definitely time for sports media to start, again, not divesting, of course. Like, don't just throw LeBron in the trash. Like, I'm sure he'll do something spectacular between now and the end of his NBA, his playing career at least. But I I do agree. It's time for Skip and Shannon and Stephen A and Max and Miley and so on and so forth to start – slowly acclimating the audience to talking about you know these this next crop of players it's the life, same way that you about LeBron. right it's the same way that you uh, that we've been asking them to do with the WNBA slowly like you it's time to start integrating there's no way that you can expect people to care about the NBA when the season's going off in October if you don't continue to put these names in the media in front of us and keep them on a constant loop um, so again, we, that can go all the way back to the Naomi Osaka conversation. Sports sports media just has to be better. All of these like inflammatory conversations about would LeBron have been good on the '94 Bulls or blah 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 blah. Like it, it doesn't matter. Let's talk about today's basketball. And today we have a crop of great young stars who deserve to be talked about in yeah. your morning roundup. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I'm and once again, I am not doing this Jordan Lebron thing. I'm not having this conversation. I don't. People are doing this whole like, you know, the the only reason Lebron is better than Jordan is because he's never lost in the first round. And now that Lebron has lost in the first round, that automatically makes Jordan better. Now and I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care who you have as your goat. If you want Lebron mm-hmm. to be your goat, cool. If you want MJ to be your goat, cool. I think it is kind of weird that people tend to celebrate a lot when Lebron loses. When Lebron does anything like has any type of like uh downfalls or troubles a lot of people get off a lot of tweets about him and it's just like okay like and i get you know joking and all this stuff like get your jokes off but it's just like two weeks from now you're still going to be talking about like jordan's not my goat not my goat like we get it dog like i don't i don't care like at this point i don't care about my own opinion on it 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. I don't care who I get stuck with. If you tell me I can only have Jordan, bet. You told me I can only get LeBron, bet. Like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I, I, that's the conversation. Like, I'm hoping that when LeBron retires, that that question, that debate goes away. Because there's a lot of people in sports media that seem to have built their careers on that debate and that conversation. It's just like, we're going to keep doing this like over and over. We're going to continue to have this conversation. On a constant loop. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think to answer the, the, the question in short, after you know we've gone through these very detailed points yes i think the nba is just fine um and i think the nba will always be just fine i don't i don't see the nba losing any popular people fans love to do this weird thing where they're like well ratings are going down it's like shut up like just watch basketball and then i don't i don't know if it's the i think i think ratings are going down but i think it's because of like streaming services like i don't know if they're taking streaming services in the consideration when they talk about the ratings because like before it was like everybody had to watch the games on tv on their cable package or on nba tv mm. now people have streaming services youtube tv all these other things and per usual if one person has a login that login is shared amongst three or four other people so that's four views that you're losing from your ratings numbers so those numbers aren't as accurate and I mean, but the NBA always usually has lower ratings during that beginning of the season and come playoffs usually ramps up. So I I don't care about the ratings, honestly. Like I watch the games. Like the people that complain about the low ratings are people that don't watch basketball. So what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to go talk about the hockey ratings? Because I don't know what they are. I don't watch hockey. I don't care. Not to get super deep into that conversation, but just like even at work, we're just starting to learn that like younger kids are not watching TV that much at all. So like, yeah, the ratings might take a dip, but I don't think that's indicative of the NBA. I think that's just indicative of like what tastes are right now. Like people have been inside for a year plus, like some people may be experiencing just TV burnout in general. Like you said, are we accounting for streaming? And also, I mean, so what? Like, a couple, a hundred thousand people don't watch the NBA as much as they did last time. Are you still watching the NBA? Well, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do agree with the whole like technology and streaming thing. Cause like Saturday, Saturday Night Live, their ratings are going down the drain, but it's people aren't watching TV like that anymore. They, they wait till Sunday morning and they check out the SNL clips. Like those clips, those are what kids are watching. They're not staying mm-hmm. up. To, I mean, they're staying up till midnight, but they're not staying up to watch that. It's like, okay, I can either stay up and watch this show that might be good, that might make me laugh, or I can go, you know, play Fortnite, or I can, you know, do something else, whatever young kids are doing, and then wait until the morning, check Twitter to see if any of those skits are trending. And if it is, okay, let me go to YouTube and I'll watch it real quick. I'll watch the, the good ones. And maybe that could be the same for, for basketball. Like, people are just like... You know, do I want to st- like? I'm I'm not staying up like th- I I think it's the Jazz Nuggets. No, it's one of the series. I think it's with the Jazz, but the game starts at ten o'clock. I got one quarter in me. I give yeah. you a quarter. I'm I can't I can't stay up that late anymore. I'm sorry. And so maybe that's what it is. I don't know what the NBA needs to do 
or what they can do to change that. Because these West Coast games, I I don't know, man. Like all the great, it seems like all the best players play in the West Coast. Yeah, like all the, like I want to see I want to see Damian Lillard play. I want to see Devin Booker play a little bit more. I want to watch the Lakers. I want to watch Golden State. Like when Golden when uh, Steph and Clay are back playing again. I want to watch those games, but I can't stay up past 11 o'clock to watch them. Like at 10 o'clock starts, can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> can't do it anymore. I I barely can make it to 830 these days. So, yeah. Do I think the NBA is in good hands? Yes. Will I always see those good hands? Probably not because I, I go to bed. So. <laughs> Niggas be sleepy. <laughs> I be sleepy. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, anyway. Yeah, um, who? I guess we'll do uh, maybe not. We'll do uh, who do you think is going to be in the finals? We'll, we'll go back to that. I don't remember who you picked the last time we talked about it. I think I said the Nets. Um, so if I did say the Nets, I'm going to stick with the Nets. If I didn't say the Nets, I'm going to say the Nets now. I just don't see any of the current teams still out East really doing much with the Nets, honestly. So I think the Nets will come out of the East. The West is a bit of a toss-up, which I think is fun. Uh, I don't see why it couldn't be Utah that comes out of the West. Um, I think, yeah, I'd say it's gonna be it's gonna be Jazz Nets for the finals. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. For, sexy. I don't know how Adam Silver feels about that, but I know for me, I said that whoever wins the Lakers and Suns series would go to the finals. So I have the Suns in the finals. And as of right now, I think whoever wins the Nets Bucks series is going to go to the finals. So I'm going to go with Brooklyn and Phoenix in the finals. And I, I, I think, uh, I think Brooklyn's going to do it this year. I'd like to see, uh, James Harden get back to the finals and actually win it this time. I, it, it kind of sucked that he got hurt in game one, but the fact that they still dominated without him was pretty, pretty eye opening. Um, I think uh, the Bucks will probably have some adjustments and they are going to need like Kevin Durant is obviously the best player on the Nets, but James Harden is the most important player. They need him with the ball in his hands late in the game to kind of determine what happens there. I also just want to see Blake Griffin get a ring. Ooh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited I, for him to maybe hoist a trophy. I think this will be the first. This could probably be the first team that has like multiple top five, top three picks to win a championship. Because KD was number two, Kyrie was number one, Blake Griffin was number one pick, mm-hmm. James Harden was number three. He got picked number three, I think. I want to say. I don't know if we've ever seen a team with that many top uh, lottery picks though. So win a championship. So I think that'd be uh that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm expecting uh I'm expecting a, a Nets, you know, uh finals victory in six games max. I don't think this is a series. Whatever whoever comes out of the West, I don't think it's a series that'll go more than six games. Okay. So <clears throat> we'll go ahead and we'll wrap on music real quick. Um Lil Durk and Lil Baby dropped an album. Lloyd Banks dropped an album. Um, who else? Who else? Those are really kind of the big names. Um, 
I think uh, just real quick, uh, I listened to the Lil Baby and Lil Dirk album. Lil Baby kind of, I kind of understand why people are kind of big on him. Um, Lil Dirk was not that impressed with his rapping on that album. Uh, and as far as Lloyd Banks goes, Lloyd Banks sounded as boring as, he sounded as bored as I felt listening to it. Like, I don't know what happened with him or what's been going on with him the last couple of years, but that was just, he, he just didn't bring the punchlines like he normally did or like he used to. And I'm not saying the album's bad. I'm just saying it just was kind of boring. Um, and maybe I, I've listened to it like three times. Maybe I need to listen to it another time. Um, yeah, it just, uh, someone told me that it had potential to be the album of the year. And I'm just like, nah, this is not it. This ain't it. So, um, song of the week. I've been listening to, let's see, Sunid Harnett. Oh, I love her. She's great. Yeah, she, I'm, I am randomly just finding R&B artists that have been making music for like five years that I've never heard of until like now. So, uh, her album is really good. Uh, the song that I like from her project is called um, Ready Is Always Too Late. And I will go with the song um, Anymore featuring Lucky Day because I like Lucky Day. I think he makes great music also. But the album overall is actually really great. And um, I guess I'll have to go back and kind of listen to some more of her older stuff. But yeah, R&B is really uh, in a good space right now. They, they, they've been like that for the last at least five years. Yeah, she has this song called uh, If You Let Me that I really like. Um, if I'm going to pick my song of the week, it's not even a song that I've been like listening to, but it's a song that I like catch myself singing every once in a while, and it's totally out of left field. And I'm picking this because later this week, I believe this Friday, um, if you've ever seen the movie Blind Spotting, um, there's a television show, Blind Spotting. It's going to be on Showtime, and I'm really excited for it. And one of the stars and writers of the show is his name is uh rafael casal uh he has a song called oxygen that i really enjoy um so i would say that is my song of the week and i am very excited to watch blind spotting very excited for that okay so we will wrap up on that note um just make sure you guys uh subscribe to youtube uh, retweet the uh, podcast and that podcast five star review, uh, SoundCloud, all that stuff. And I would also like to call out all of you frauds that are watching this Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather fight, but also uh, but also clamor for people to stop making Fast and the Furious movies. Like you guys are, you guys don't know what you guys like because you can't watch a, a professional boxer find a YouTuber and say that that's more entertaining than what Vin Diesel is doing in Fast and the Furious 9. You just can't make that argument. I'm sorry. Vin Diesel's about to go on Jupiter's reigns, okay? Let's go. He's about to get knocked, get his teeth knocked through his lips. I saw something that I am very excited for if it comes true. They are talking about doing a Fast and the Furious and a Jurassic World crossover. If that happens, Oscar. Oscar time. Easily. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel, you know, getting a, a a car, riding it on top of like a triceratops or something. Yeah, 
take all my money, please. It feels like that time I went to pay for a Transformers movie, and then I got there and I spent a lot of time upset. Just like <laughs> I took my dad and my granddaddy, and I spent money on them tickets, and it was trash. <laughs> yeah, Fast Furious meets Jurassic World. Need to make that happen. Make it happen. But this is uh, KTSE Avenue. Um, thanks for listening. We didn't get to the three-hour mark like I wanted to, but close enough. Stop tweeting, dancing. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll just have to text somebody to let them know to, to end this. So I'm just going to... Uh, Still live. I can do a little spoken word. You got uh, your freestyles ready? You got some freestyles? You got some bars ready? Yeah, you know what I hate more than anything? I don't know if this will even make it into the show. I hate spoken word, actually. I don't like spoken word. And I don't, I can't pinpoint why I hate spoken word. It's just, it's like this level of cringe. Like I get this secondhand embarrassment <laughs> from people's poems. I hate them. Like, I love poetry though. Like, I will read a book of poetry, but the moment somebody recites that poetry, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I think it's because the only exposure i've had to it has been like moesha <laughs> oh okay yeah that would make me hate poetry also maybe it's just like how they say it and just the, yeah the it's very like, their voices. TV, i see i'm like, like i don't like that i don't like that ain't my thing like why are you preaching at me right now in this coffee shop like i don't need that type of energy for me right now like i'm just trying to enjoy my bagel it's the vibes around poetry too it's very like moody it's like Black people's like emo movie move, movement, like instead Oof. of like punk rock, it's just like real sad poetry, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Poetry's I don't want to say poetry's dumb because I think I think more people like to read poetry, but like hearing it recited to you in such an aggressive tone, yeah, just doesn't sit right. It, it feels like right. it's like oddly intimate. Like the way that you like they look at you waiting for a response and it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel from this. Like, give me a moment. Like you just said 76 words at me. I have not processed them. So like I I'm a clap because it feels appropriate, but I don't know what you just said. And it's yeah. like it feels way deeper than like I feel like I am. I don't know if I'm at that critical thinking level. <laughs> The things do seem very, very personal. Like, bro, you could have just kept that in your diary, bro. Yeah, like, I didn't like, need to hear that. This whole poem on suicide, and I'm so sorry that's happening to you, but I feel like I shouldn't know that about you. Like, this isn't entertaining for me. Like, yeah. I, I, I guess it's therapeutic for you, and I'm happy for you, but I am trying to enjoy my bagel, and you just made me think about killing myself. So, yeah, I'm like, no, I know I got you. your emotional baggage with me. Yes. I got another. I was trying to go to a club after this. I can't even. <laughs> Enjoy myself because you shared all your childhood trauma in a haiku. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you really made like the way your dad beat your mom rhyme in a couple of sentences. Like you rhymed that to me to a stranger. I just want to drink my tea. I just want to drink a little bit of tea. I came here because I told this nigga that I was artsy fartsy. I I did not expect none of this. Then that's uh, what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I guess more of the story is stop lying. Just I don't think honesty. nobody understands poetry anyway. Like, I've never met a person who's been like, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Like, I don't know anybody that. <laughs> I like haikus, though. I like I, I like haikus are just, it's short and sweet. Like, three syllables, five syllables, three syllables. Make that shit rhyme, get in, get out, get out of here. Like, I don't need these, I don't need a three-minute-long poetry jam session to with, like, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, with drums, drums in the background, and someone banging on a triangle for ambiance. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that type of background sound to you doing a poetry about how your boyfriend used to beat you for three years. I don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. No, not for me. And I, you know, whatever. Get I like that fest at the club. I don't enjoy poetry slams. So that's the type of nigga I am. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you want to lie and say you're artsy fartsy, go do like uh like painting with the painting, wine and painting. Do that. I'm that's the like one you want to do. I feel like tenant is a good way for niggas to be like, oh, she deep, but like oh, tenant don't make no she, sense. She's deep into the, <laughs> she's still deep into cinema. Do you understand the deeper meaning of this? Why are they going backwards? You, you are, her mind is wide I've open. I've watched Tenet three times. I don't know what's going on. And not only do I not what's going know what's going on just from the action on screen, I can't hear it because Christopher Nolan don't care if you can hear. So I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> I've never even seen Tenet, but I've heard people talk about Tenet, and I still don't know what it's about. Like, what? It's, <laughs> explain I this to me. begin to explain it to you. I'm going to watch it maybe this week at some point. I'm going to watch it with the subtitles on because it's on HBO Max now. Yeah, I was watching that's what I was waiting for. Um, so I'm gonna try again. If I don't get it this time, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I got they got one time with me, and I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm not saying that I want the pandemic to come back, but like the movie A Quiet Place 2, I was looking forward to watching that at home, but apparently I have to go to theaters to watch that. Now oh, I'm yeah. like now I'm like, I'm not saying I I'm not gonna see it because I still wanna see it, but I was way more excited to watch that at home and uh they were just like no you're gonna have to go to the theater to see this and i'm like <sighs> i normally don't go to the theater to see movies unless it's like a marvel movie i guess and i don't know i'm i'm i don't want to say i'm disappointed but i missed i missed the pandemic movies i missed just hey Man. this movie is now on streaming services today watch it at home like yeah. i missed that already and that's kind of the downfall of like outside being open back up again. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I miss being able to like put in an order at a restaurant and pick it up in twenty minutes, but now I have to wait an hour because the 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 gallery is full and it's like, mm. oh, yeah, gas prices. It's like, what are we doing here? Everywhere I go, it's like, why are all of y'all here while I'm here? What happened to Target being empty on a Saturday? <laughs> what are we Where's everybody's mask? Oh yeah, that's gone. That's, like, they're, they're done with that. That's I'm also here. not saying I want the pandemic to be over to to come back, but I I, I miss when niggas is at home. Honestly, I just I just want the rules to come back. I want those rules to come. Back. I want the I want entertainment companies to be like, hey, uh, theaters are dying, so we're we we still want people to see our movies. So let's just put them shits on HBO Max or or whatever. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Army of the Dead? Did you watch that? No. Okay. I, so I I am not purposely, but I feel like I am on a very strict Noah Mari Hardwick diet. Oh. So What's wrong I don't know what it is about him that's like mm-mm. I think it was that the comment when Chadwick Boseman died and he had he tried to make everybody believe that Chadwick Boseman was like, Yeah, you the next nigga, like you the one on top. And I'm like, why would you and ever since then, I'm like, this nigga's weird. <laughs> he said that? He was like, the last time I talked to Chad, he was like, yeah, you up next. And I'm not doubting that that conversation might have happened in some version, 
But I don't know if he wanted you to tell us that on the day he passed. Like, you don't got nothing else to talk about. He just, it was more like, uh, yeah, bro, I'm just trying to get like you, dog. That's what that, that's what that conversation actually was. Like, oh, you doing a big, uh, I'm trying to do a big like you. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just trying to keep up with you. It was that kind of conversation. It wasn't yeah. like, hey, Omari, you're next. I'm also tired of people making out on uh 285. Have you seen that video? What? There's a couple who was like in the middle of the interstate. I'm not even exaggerating. These people were in the, the second to left lane, like the second to the far left. And they are m- literally making out on the middle of 285 outside of their cars. Like they're holding up traffic to do this weird makeout thing and then they just walk away and get in their car and then there's a second video where they're in a neighborhood the guy is still shirtless and then he just like pushes a guy down and like is holding up traffic I-, I don't know what's going everybody need to go in the house everybody need to go in the house why are white people so weird it's not even white people these were two black people that were kissing in the street making out on the middle of 285 on the Smyrna exit. <laughs> I'm disgusted. I am completely and utterly disgusted at my people. This is embarrassing. Brian can't need to step in. <laughs> Someone needs to step in. Someone needs to step in. That's that's insanity. That's absolutely insane. Oh, man. All right. Well, this is... <laughs> So, this is like I was about to say key, key quest showed up for the after show because we stopped uh doing like, the actual show like 20 minutes ago. So we're yeah, just like kick us out. We can't actually we can't actually cut this off. So we're waiting. Well, let me go ahead and try to text South because like, we're actually done and maybe he'll be able to turn it off. But yeah. That's I left weird. my poem. So yeah, it's a strange I'm gonna see if I can find it and tag you in it. It's a strange, I don't know what these two young people were doing. Just being weird, like I mean, are they doing it for like likes or something? Are they like recording this or just just? It's just odd that you would be on two eighty five like that. Like two, it's so busy on Atlanta interstates at any point. Like you just, I feel like you're putting yourself in danger. I be- I barely feel safe in my car on the highway in Atlanta. You telling me they're getting outside of their car doing this? Hell no! You couldn't you couldn't pay me to walk across an atlanta highway at any point in time never that would never happen that's craziness the youth are strange absolutely insane but yeah i think i'm gonna have to try to um check out um tenant because I, I i do like christopher nolan movies i i don't think he's as uh as artsy as he thinks he is i think uh I think that Christopher Nolan is a guy who, um, you know, how you just get high and think about stupid stuff. Like mm. I think that he takes those I like high conversations and is like, I'm gonna make this a movie, and he does a really good job at it. Um, my only issue with Tenet is that the only issue I have is that I literally cannot hear it, and not in the I can't hear the dialogue, and so the the concepts on the screen with no dialogue are kind of hard to follow because sometimes they're going backwards in time and sometimes they're going forward in time and they kind of move they explain it in the dialogue but when you can't hear it you can't sometimes you can't tell when they've moved when they've changed there's a couple different like even the movie starts 
in a period of time that by the end of the movie hasn't happened yet. And it's hard to like loop your mind around that when like there are certain conversation cues that you've missed because you can't hear the dialogue. Did you like Inception? I haven't seen Inception, which is like- Watch that. Watch that. And you know what, actually, you know what, I'm, let me see what, let me see if Inception is on Netflix. Cause I think, uh, I think Inception is one of those kind of like, I don't want to say like artsy movies, but it's a little bit more of one of those types of movies where you actually have to think about it and you almost need to go back and rewatch it again to really know like, okay, what happened? Like, and there's little things that happen during the movie that, you know, you need to go back and kind of see again. So let me see if where's oh, I think it's on Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. So like I would watch that movie, but that movie's actually like it's it's not so deep that you can't understand it. Cause it seems like Tenet, it seems like Tenet is Inception times ten. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. like Inception is Algebra two and Tenet is like calculus three, where it's just like way harder to understand. Like algebra two is hard, but it's not crazy hard. Like you can still get it, even if you're not like great at math, but like calculus is on a whole nother level. But I thought Inception is is a really good good movie. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even think Tenet is difficult. It's just, again, like the sound mixing- You just can't hear it. (laughs) Yeah, like maybe the sound mixing is better on HBO Max, which is why I plan to watch it. But you literally just, I thought it was because I was watching it on bootleg. I ain't going to lie. I was Okay, like, well, there's really, that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't hear it because this is a bad copy. And then mm-hmm. I watched it again. I think I rented it. And I was like, no, nah, I just can't hear it. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I can't hear it. So I'm planning to watch it with subtitles on and like really be present and like put my phone down. I don't want to be on my computer like, and watch it. And I think I'll be able to like get a couple of the concepts a little easier when I like sit down with the with the uh the subtitles on. Cause it other than that, it just sounds like somebody's like you have your hand over your ear and somebody's mumbling through your hands over your ears. It's hard to understand. Yeah, I just I also feel like that uh you should be able to go to a movie theater and have the option of having uh subtitles on. That should be a thing. Movie theaters yeah. with subtitles. I, I watch everything. I watch just about everything with subtitles on TV shows, movies. Uh, I don't do it with sports, but like, I should be able to have subtitles on. That should be an option. I'll, I'll pay an extra two dollars to go to the theater showing of, uh, you know, Black Widow with subtitles. Just it should be like that anyway. I'm sure people, um, people who are deaf, would love to have a movie experience where they could, you know, read subtitles. Um, so yeah, it should be a thing. It should be standard. Hmm. Did, did Floyd Mayweather lose? I haven't, I'm trying to look through all this and I can't really tell. I don't know. Either way, these people are embarrassing. You guys would rather watch that than Fast and Furious 9. They're ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yes. I didn't even think the fight would still be on. Oh, it didn't even start till 11 o'clock. Nigga, that one for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it would never be long. This is like, this is, right now is an anomaly. I'm usually at about 10, 15. I'm, I'm tucking myself in the bed like a toddler. Like, 
Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, all right, I need to put my glasses on the table because once I put my glasses on, I can't see anyway. None of this matters. I'm tucking myself in because at 1030, I want to be like asleep. Like I, like I start asleep. thinking about sleep. I start thinking about sleep at like 445 and I'm prepared for bed by the time 1015 hits. Like I'm asleep. Yeah, I need to, to rest up so I can have my 6 a.m. Twitter sessions where I'm talking to myself. Uh, yeah, hello. Well, yeah, y'all well still live. What's going on? We're definitely still live. We've had an We're, after show and everything. Yeah, there was a post show conversation with uh, King Quest, and we are we are we are done. If you can, if you want to go ahead and end this, please end it so I can go to sleep. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at AdamandEve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.